Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, folks. Welcome to the show. Dave Hall, your host. I can't believe it's already 2023. 2022 went by so quickly. Hopefully you had a great year last year. We're able to accomplish a lot of the things that you set out to do and that you've set some good resolutions for the upcoming year, including a desire and a plan to be able to spend more time on your retirement planning. If you're trying to get to a safe and secure retirement, go to my website, retirementriskadvisors.com. Here you're going to be able to get access to all the tools, the education resources, my time to be able to help you get to a safe and secure retirement. With the end of 2022 came some really big changes on the retirement front. Secure Act 2.0 was finally passed. It's something that's been being kicked around out there for over a year now. It goes back to 2021 when the first plans were put out for us to look at. And then finally, at the end of 2022, we were able to get those changes made. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the key changes there. Understand we do not have time to go through everything. There were 92 changes, most of them very positive for your retirement. Some of them were technical changes, may not affect many of you. And oftentimes when we get technical changes, can make things a little more difficult, uh, some more paperwork that people have to fill out. And then we've got a number of the changes, obviously, that only affect small groups. So with that, many of those not things you're going to need to worry about. But today we'll try to cover 20 or 30 of the top things. If you do want a summary of this information, we do have a summary report that you can get. Retirement riskadvisors.com forward slash secure act. It has all 92 changes. Going to give you a summary of those. If you want to find the act itself, you can find it online. Almost 400 pages of information to make these 92 changes. Well, because we are on limited schedule, I want to get started with the things we need to talk about today. First one is they're going to require new retirement plans that are set up by your employer to implement auto enrollment and establish new auto enrollment safe harbor laws by 2025. Now, some of these things are not going to take effect for a year or two. I'll try to identify that so you know when it will take effect. But understand that with the new auto enrollment feature, going to be a great thing that if you start a job, you will be automatically enrolled into the 401k if you've got a 401k, 403b, whatever the case may be. And then they're going to start uh, anywhere from 3 to 10% will be the initial distribution amount that they would be taking and putting into these retirement accounts. And each year it would go up a percentage from where they started, maxing out at some point at 15%. Now, what this does is causes people to elect out if they want to, and they can do this so that they're having the retirement savings put in. And rather than having to go to all the effort to elect in, going to allow you to be automatically enrolled there and then elect out if you don't want to participate. So I think this is good change overall. Many retirees are definitely not saving the money they need to to get them safely through retirement. Next one, modify the credit for small employers plans. This is for companies that have less than 50 employees or up to 50 employees where they'll be able to get a 100% credit instead of 50% what it's been. Another thing to just help these plans get started, help small employers cover some of the costs of this. Next one, promotion of savers credit and change to savers match. So if you are a low income earner and you have money that you're putting into these retirement accounts, historically what you've been able to do is get a non-refundable tax credit. 
been a big thing for many of the low-income individuals putting money into these plans. What they're doing is going to start promoting that, but they're also going to change it in 2027 to a savers match. So instead of getting a tax credit, what you're going to do is have that credit amount be put into your retirement account by the government. This is one, and a lot more paperwork people are going to have to track uh, here if you're in a situation where you qualify, but overall a great thing to allow the government to help fund some of your retirement that, again, so many people do not have enough money for. Next one, allow employers to provide small gifts for signing up for employer plans. I, I laugh at this one. I came from the generation where you know many times you would have uh, various gifts that would be given if you went to a store and did certain shopping. Now we usually get discounts, those type of things. Used to be able to get uh, dinnerware, maybe a set of encyclopedias. I do find it a little strange that your employer could give you a toaster to get signed up to start saving for your retirement, but this is the reality of where we're at. They're going to be able to give small gifts to incentivize you. Not sure what an impact this will have if that really uh, gets you motivated to save an extra three, four, five percent of your salary going into a retirement plan. If you get some gift card, toaster, uh, encyclopedias obviously aren't on the table anymore, but whatever it is your employer chooses to use to try to help you there. Next one, long-term part-time workers uh, have a benefit now to get into retirement plans. If you've got someone who's working 500 hours or more, now if they've done that for two years, they will now qualify to go into your employer plan. So if you do have part-time employees, be careful here. Many times people will put employees onto part-time because they don't want to provide these extra benefits. Change the law from the Secure Act 1.0, where it was three years, down to two years to help more of these part-time workers get on these retirement plans. Next one, enhancement for 403B plans. Don't have a lot of people we work with that end up with these plans, uh, usually 10, 15%. But if you do happen to have a 403B plan, they've made the investment options better. They've also allowed you now to consolidate these plans into multi-employer plans without having to worry about the one bad apple rule, which was, hey, if you got inside of these plans and one of the companies did the wrong thing, they could blow up the whole plan. Now they're dividing that out and saying, hey, if there's one group inside the multiple employer plan that isn't doing the right thing, everyone else will be fine. So definitely want to research this maybe a little bit more. If you do have a 403B plan, there are financial incentives for contributing that are out there. It includes pooled employer plans. So just be aware of the basics there if this is something that affects you or clients that you may work with. Next one is the increase in age of RMD. So this is an interesting one when we look at it. If you're going to turn age 73 between January 1st of 2023 and December 31st, 2032, your new RMD age is age 73. If you're born 1960 or later, so you're not turning 73 until after January 1st, 2033, your new required minimum distribution age is 75. All this really is helping is the rich. 80% of retirees end up taking money out of these accounts before they even reach their RMD age, which right now has been at 72. So not going to impact a lot of you. We get excited about it. And obviously, if you're someone who has excess money and doesn't need to pull money out of these accounts may sound great. But remember, too, as we look to the future of higher taxes, may be a problem. If you're deferring more money in a tax-deferred account, what you may find is in the long run, you're actually paying more to the government to be able to get this money back out to yourself or to any beneficiaries. Starting in 2024, student loan payments can be used to get matching contributions. This has been something that has been promoted by a lot of people. Very exciting for those who have student loans that if you're paying those off, 
you don't have money to put into a retirement account, your employer will then offset, once you provide the information on the student loan payment, they'll then make those employer match contributions into your retirement account. So they're not going to pay towards the loan, but they will help build up your retirement while you're going through the student loan process if you don't have excess money to contribute into your retirement account. The next one is to index IRA catch-up limits in $100 increments starting in 2024. So one of the problems that we've had with some of the IRA uh, catch-up issues and, and other areas there is they're not keeping up with inflation. And so the government's going to try to make sure this happens, especially on the catch-up side, to where they'll look at what the inflation rates are and the COLA adjustments and then increase those accordingly. Next one, increase catch-up contributions for those between ages 60 and 63, starting in 2025. So if you're someone who falls into this category, you're approaching your retirement years, maybe you haven't been able to save quite as much as you would have liked to earlier in your life. If you are part of a, a 401k, 403b, 457 plan, you're going to be able to contribute to, for a catch-up $10,000 or 150% of the catch-up amount, whatever that may be. So 2023, current catch-up amount is $7,500. 150% of that's $11,250. So we'll see how this plays out by the time we get to 2025. If you are part of a simple plan, it's going to be the greater of $5,000 or 150% of that, which right now, 150% is $5,250. So over the amount there that they give, but remember, it's the greater of the two. So you can get some pretty large contributions going in here for a four-year period of time if you're in a position to be able to do so. Next one, starting in 2024, all catch-up for non-simple plans must be put into a Roth account if your income is equal or greater to $145,000. So something that we definitely need to pay attention to, especially as CPAs, most of us are in a position where we're making that much or more. So if you are able to put money into a Roth account and once you hit 2024, you're making those catch-up contributions, understand you're going to be required through your 401k, 403b, 457 to make those contributions into your Roth account. They're trying to increase revenue now. One of the challenges many people talk to me about is saying, hey, the government, uh, what happens if they change the rules on the Roth accounts? Well, you're going to see as we go through here, they actually are loving the Roth accounts because it's helping bring money in now, help cover some of the costs that the government has currently, not looking so much to the future. So we, we do have this situation where that's going to be the case. There is a safe harbor adjustment for corrections to employ elective deferral failures. So if you've got a plan where you've made a mistake. They've now put some safe harbor rules in there to help you. If you happen to be a military spouse, one of the problems that military spouses have been faced with is the fact that they move all the time, that they're put in a position to where they're always having to drop plans and start up new plans where the military employee may be able to just use the government plan throughout the process. Got some credits there for small employers that if you happen to hire someone that is a military spouse to help them be able to get those accounts funded. Eliminate RMDs for Roth employer plans starting in 2024. This is a big one. Basically, uh, one of the challenges people have is if you had a Roth IRA, there were no distributions required, no RMDs. But if you had a Roth 401k, you were subject to the rules that required you to take out those required minimum distributions. Now going to be at age 73, going to age 75. What they did is took those away. So now unless you've got a traditional plan, you're not going to have to worry about these RMDs in those Roth accounts. 
more than 50% of CPAs will run out of money in retirement, and this number is projected to grow because of risks like inflation, increased longevity, and rising healthcare costs. Retirement Risks Advisors has the perfect solution to help CPAs make their money last as long as they do. Learn more by signing up for our flagship webinar, Getting Safely Through Retirement. In this webinar, we share the top 10 financial risks CPAs will face in retirement and what can be done to reduce or eliminate each risk. To get started, visit retirementriskadvisors.com safe. Another big one here, and it's a little more complex than I'm going to be able to talk about, that's uh, if you have a 529 plan that's been in existence for at least 15 years, maybe you're in a situation where the beneficiaries now are not in a position where they'd be going to college, you don't see really a need for the money, they are going to allow a total lifetime transfer of $35,000 from your 529 plan into a Roth IRA. It could be a great one for those of you that use these 529 plans, thinking that little Johnny or Susie were going to go to college, change their mind, now trying to figure out how you can get that money out without paying taxes on it and penalties. Now you've got a situation where you can roll $35,000 into that Roth account. But again, a little more complex than what I'm talking about here. If you fall into that situation, going to want to go look at the summary, uh, maybe talk to an advisor in detail to how it's going to work out for your situation. They also made some simplifications and some clarification on some of the rules out there. Let me go through a number of these. On the first one here, it's the recovery of retirement plan overpayment. So one of the issues that they had before is if you ended up getting more money than you should have, especially out of a pension plan, it could devastate you because they would come back and try to recoup all of that. They've done is uh, put in some laws with some statute limitations, those things, to where it's not going to be as problematic if uh, you ended up getting money that you thought was the correct amount, no reason that you would have believed that it wasn't right, and then the employer or the plan goes back and realizes that they overpaid you. Next one is a reduction in excise tax for not taking RMDs. Used to be 50%. It's now going to go down to 25%. And if you get it corrected timely, will be as little as 10%. So good news. Don't really want to penalize people. Usually if they don't take an RMD, it's not because they're trying not to. It's because they didn't realize they had to. They didn't understand the laws that were associated with it. There is a retirement savings lost and found that's got to be set up by the government within the next two years. Another great one I tell people all the time, they should go to their state's uh, lost and found unclaimed property site anyway. Any state they've lived in, any state they've done business in can be thousands of dollars out there that companies have submitted to the state that you would have the opportunity to get access to. Same thing here with these retirement accounts. They'll have their own separate federal database where any employer that's got a plan doesn't know the address of an individual, hasn't been reached out by them for a period of time. They'll send this money to the state or the federal government there, and then you'll be able to get access to those funds. So a great change. Help people make sure they get the money from previous employers that they may have forgot that they even had available. Penalty-free withdrawals for domestic abuse or terminal illness. They're trying to make it to where you can pull out amounts to be able to help with these type of things. If you've got challenges where you've been a victim of domestic abuse, maybe trying to get out of a marriage or something and need some excess funds, be able to pull those out early without having penalties. If you're terminally ill, which from a government standpoint, 84 months is what they can deem terminally ill. So many times you're looking at life insurance policies or things of that nature, it's limited limited to 12 months. Here we've got an 84-month period of time. Next one, qualified disaster recovery distributions up to 22000 and loans up to 100000 So if you happen to be in a disaster recovery area where it's been deemed a, a 
natural disaster by the government to where they've deemed it a problem, you would be able to pull money out or get loans to help you get yourself back on your feet. Self-certifying the hardship distribution conditions are met. Going to allow the employee to self-certify if they need to pull money out. Not going to put that burden on the employer. Retroactive first-year elective deferrals for sole proprietors. Going to be able to go back and take these elective deferrals after the end of the tax year going up to the filing date of the tax return. Limited prohibited transactions in an IRA to only that portion. One of the problems we had with prohibited transactions, if you understand the way self-directed plans work, which is usually where we have the issue, you had a million dollars, let's say, and then you ended up taking $100,000, investing it into something where a prohibitive transaction occurred. Well, that other $900,000 all of a sudden became disallowed inside the IRA. It ended up getting collapsed. You paid the tax, you paid the penalties, whereas now they're going to limit it only to the portion that's exposed to that prohibitive transaction. So a good change for those of you that use self-directed plans, only about one to 2% of America does, not going to have that big of an impact. Next one, allow spousal benefit for an employer plan to elect to be treated as an employee for RMD purposes. So spousal beneficiary now going to be treated as an employee for those RMDs. This will be helpful as we look at uh, distributions coming out. Again, oftentimes if a spouse has passed away, fortunately that surviving spouse is having to pull money out much quicker than maybe they expected. There have been some changes to some of the annuities out there. If you've got a QLAC, Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract, they've proved some of the laws surrounding those. They removed some RMD barriers for life annuities. Just be aware of those things. Again, if you fall into that bucket, you're going to want to make sure you do some additional research. They're now allowing simple and SEP Roth IRAs. This is great news to those who are self-employed, those smaller employers, going to be able to get the SEP contributions going in as Roth contributions, simple plans going in as Roth contributions. That starts uh, here in 2023. Options for employer matching to a Roth. This is another thing that's available now 2023. You'll be able to elect to have your employer contribution put into your Roth account. Now, please know you will end up paying tax on that additional money. The employer will get the deduction, but you as an employee will then get that reported to you as additional income. But if you're like me and believe taxes are going up in the future, can be a great opportunity to get those taxes off the table now. Some additional key provisions that we, we should cover here, consolidation of notices required for plan administrators. Again, if you've got a 401k plan, an employer-based plan, they're trying to make the paperwork get easier for you. The next one here is you can't allow Roth rollovers into a 403b or a 457 plan, which was not allowed before. And then any benefit statements are only required annually now which before they were required quarterly. They have established emergency savings accounts for the lower income individuals. Uh, they'll be able to get a $2,500 contribution going into a savings account that's linked to their retirement account that's going to allow them, it'll be post-tax, but going to be able to save money there inside the plan that they could then get access to. If you happen to have changed jobs and now with a new employer, if your 401k before was under $5,000, they had the opportunity to 
liquidate that account. The plan didn't have to keep it. You could either roll it over or take the money out, whatever you chose to do, but they didn't have to keep the plan. Going to increase that limit to 7000 from 5000 And then there's also an opportunity now to pull an emergency withdrawal out of your retirement of $1,000, which you would have the opportunity to pay it back in if you chose to do so. But this is only available for every three years. If you've not paid it back off, going to have to wait a three-year period before you can take another $1,000 out. Not huge fan generally of people getting easier access to the money they have in these accounts because most of us haven't put enough in as it is, but they're trying to create some tools there to help those that may struggle to save, may not have areas outside of these plans where they feel comfortable putting money into that will allow them to take it out of their checks, have it be out of sight and have it available for them there in the future. So that is it. The ones we're going to cover, we've gone through our 20 plus minutes we have together here, not wanting to make it any longer. Remember, if you want to understand all the details of this, go to our website, retirementriskadvisors.com forward slash secure act. We're also going to be having a blog come out after that's going to provide some more information. Very uh, exciting changes, but a lot of complex changes, a lot of different dates. So make sure you're looking at those. If you're getting into the summary, trying to better understand this, that you get into the actual dates that these things take effect. Most of them will be over the next year or two, but we've got some there mentioned that may not come into effect until 2027. So we need to make sure we're ready for those. That's our show. My name's Dave Hall. I've been your host. Look forward to seeing each of you again next week where we're going to talk about that longest self-imposed period of unemployment most of us will have in our lifetime. It's what we call retirement. Going to be talking about how we can eliminate the risk, uh, things that we should know to help us get safely through. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We come out with a new episode every Friday morning and you don't want to miss it. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would really help us out. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talene and Autumn Koenig. If you're a CPA looking for more retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com.